That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bat Force Radio, which may very well be the last episode of 2016, and man, we are trying to get out of this motherfucker alive at this point. People are dropping like flies. We got a returning super special guest tonight. Um, first, let me get the roster out of the way. I got Robin Cross up in Maple Syrup Land, Canada. A boot. I got um, Robo Rich chilling with Robocop and Eminem over in Detroit. <laughs> I got the, I got the sheriff, the man himself, Grandpa Batman, over in Texas. Pew pew. I got oh, our boy, our boy, the the grumpiest of the grumps, the grumpler, live from New York City. D- Donald Grump. <laughs> Donald, Donald and, Grump. And I got uh, Donald Grump. And I got the the Ying to Chris Christie's Yang over in New Jersey, Arkham Asylum, LPC. Chris Christie. For fuck's sakes, man. <laughs> Curve, bring the king in. Boy. All right, uh, tonight's returning guest. I uh, spent t- 2016 on just about every top 10 list uh, that you've read with uh, the Vision for Marvel and Sheriff of Babylon for Vertigo. And now he's been kicking the shit out of Batman uh, since Rebirth began. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom King. Fuck yeah. I have little to do with Chris Christie's Yang, and I'm very disappointed to hear that you Not nothing, but a little. Not nothing, no. Can any man say they've got nothing to do with Chris Christie's Yang? Uh, or uh, Anthony Weiner. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I'm from D.C., the town of um, just happy, happy time. <laughs> Tom, welcome back to the show. Um, how was the holiday with the family? The holiday was awesome. In that my job as a holiday person was to serve my children, and I feel they were well served. Nice. I don't feel like, I, yeah. I mean, my whole point is to like get them presents and make them happy. So I think they got presents that were. Happy. I mean, I'm, supposed to, I'm probably supposed to teach you about hope, love, and all that bullshit. <laughs> your your kids are all still uh, the Santa Claus age, yeah. Yeah, they're all Santa Claus age. My oldest is kind of trying to still figure it out. <laughs> Um, you know, he's like trying to look for clues and stuff. He's like, wait a second, you were wrapping presents. I'm like, yeah, we get you. Oh, I've got every face covered. It's impossible to penetrate this web of lies. Yeah, they're still Santa Claus age, which basically just going to buy. Did you guys do anything like, uh, what's his name, Matthew Madden's kids? Did like Hatchimals or Elf on the Shelf or any of that stuff? I don't do the Elf on the Shelf thing. I somehow managed to dodge that, thank the Lord. <laughs> I tell you guys, though, the disaster was my last Christmas. So last Christmas, my wife, you know, we have like a tradition. We like go down and wrap all the presents after the kids are asleep and watch an old movie or some Christmas special, whatever the fuck it is. And uh, we were down there, we wrapped all the gifts, and we looked around and realized that somehow all the gifts we got for the kids that were from Santa, like the shit they put on their lists, like I had gotten stolen out of our car. <laughs> oh, what? Fuck, man. Oh. made it into the pile of, like, hidden... And it was, like, 12.30 at night, and we're, like, looking, we're, like, holy fuck. Oh. So, <laughs> oh. 
I went on a, a quest through Washington, through not Washington D.C. because D.C. was totally closed. I went out to suburban Virginia, like CVS, the CVS, the CV. If you've never been to a CVS at three in the morning on Christmas Eve, man, that is the perfect <laughs> selection of items. <laughs> Very much funny. Santa. Dude, that sounds like in, something to inspire a comic. <laughs> get the crackheads waiting outside to get some Benadryl. And... Oh man, it was, it was, my son got it, like a like a car magazine. He's like, "Yay, a car magazine!" <laughs> when my wife wrote this whole note out, Santa got delayed in Canada and dropped their gifts, and so then I had to run out and try to find it. It was parenting brilliance on our part. Well, you last time you were on, you said you. Uh, you were also a collector of like you know kind of the vintage action figures and whatnot. Did you get anything cool this year? I, I collect them for my kids. I before at New York Comic Con, I bought way 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 too much. Did you get any of those Golden Girls Funko figures? No, I I collect or I don't know if I collect. My my kids love the DC Justice League Unlimited and Justice League toys. They're kind of like yeah. Star Wars versions of DC superheroes. Yeah. Um, to translate them to my generation. I, I hunt cons for them, and I think I bought something like 200 at New York Comic Con. Whoa. Way too much money. Wow. Oh. I, get, I, get, I go to comic cons now, and I get money out of it. It's like a money-making mm, phenomenon. Yeah. It's a very bizarre. Like, I used to, like, beg to get into, like, rural Pennsylvania con and sit there <laughs> try to outsell the, um, the Amish, nice Amish dude selling pies next to me and watch him completely out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like go home and cry, and, you know, just tell my wife like, "How much money did you lose at this?" No, three people read my book. It's gonna make me a career. Um, <laughs> so it's very weird to go to cons now and like people, because uh, I I charge for CGC books. That's what I do when I sign things because people sell them on the eBay, and I make a bajillion dollars doing this. So suddenly I have a wallet full of money and a wall of shit I want right across the way. <laughs> and then my, so I still tell my wife, oh, I didn't make any money off this thing, but here's the, my extra suitcase on the toys. You're a trunkler now. <laughs> but no, but my, my uh, daughter, she plays with us, so, so she wanted, but she doesn't play like traditional superhero ways. She kind of plays house with them. So she wanted like dollhouse toys that fit the superheroes. So I had to like, bring my little toy Batman to Toys R Us and be like, okay, does this dollhouse have the right crib that Batman can go in it? That's <laughs> the absurdity of my life. Two Batman arcs under your belt now. I am Gotham and I am Suicide. We've been enjoying the fuck out of them. Solid. I've been talking to guys earlier about how like a lot of omnibus groups and collectors and voracious readers have always been talking about Omega Man and Vision and uh, Sheriff of Babylon all year. And now that you got two arcs of Batman under your belt, um, what does it feel like? Are you, like, are you getting comfortable with the Dark Knight at this point? Are you really, you know, feeling it in in Gotham and whatnot? How does it feel at this point? Yeah, I think I'm getting my sea legs underneath me. I was a little, I, I was a little twisty. I, I, I mean, what was really hard, I think, in learning was learning how to write a five-issue arc. That was kind of tough for me. That was the thing that was tougher than writing. I mean, writing Batman's hard, but the five-issue arc was the first thing I had to sort of adjust to. Because I, I know how to write an eight-page story pretty well. I started out doing that in Vertigo, and I know how to write a one-page story, a one-issue story. I can do one and done's pretty well. Mm. And I can do a 12-page story. Awesome. I can do a one-page to do that. <laughs> that love is love one-page. I was like, how does anyone write anything? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a Batman thing for the Love is Love anthology. And I don't know if you guys read it, but it's like everything is like 
the world is wonderful and peaceful and we all should love each other and this every, one of these beautiful little poems to how wonderful and peaceful everything is and then you get to the thing I did with Mitch Gerrits and it's like Batman's like we're gonna fight you motherfuckers <laughs> 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 I'm gonna read the, I was like oh Mitch and I missed the whole tone of the book whoops <laughs> yeah, yeah is uh, yours is that the one where he arrives on the scene after the shooting no mine, mine is the one that it's the rainbow where he's giving the Braveheart speech Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's right. That's right. There's so many stories in that book. Writing a five-issue arc is hard because six is more natural just in terms of how story structure works and stuff like that. It's like, I think I did, I'm learning how to do that and just sort of skip some beats, especially in the first act. Mm. So you get more time in the second act. And and, and and that way you get to a satisfying conclusion. This is all really technical bullshit nobody cares about, but this is what goes through my life. I read into when you, from what I've got from it, you're not one to <coughs> do a shock value kind of thing. You really like to build and gradually build something it's nice slow burn until all of a sudden it's like oh shit okay now i know what's going on and i really like i think gotham girl's hot as dude i really need dc (laughs) to get a figure out for that one. even with her shaved head uh, I I love the outfit. <laughs> the hair's coming back. It's coming. It's coming back. back. There was a temporary Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> she says, "Hit me, baby, one more time." Fuck's sake! to the soundtrack. And going to I Am Suicide. Love the dynamic between um, Bruce and Selena. Classic. Are you like a, a Catwoman fan, or is just something? New for you to tackle with her. Oh, hell yes, I'm a Catwoman fan. Nice. Yeah. She was supposed to be an issue one. I mean, this is a deep cut, but if, if you look at like all the alternate covers, which you'll see in the first trade, all the alternate, alternate yeah, covers. Yeah, like the Terry Dotson cover had Catwoman on it. Yeah, yeah. Like more than half of them have Catwoman because in some early draft, she was supposed to be on that roof where Hugo Strange was on the roof. And then we decided to sort of move her back in the story. Oh. I wanted her in the very beginning of this whole arc. And she's almost the second lead on the book. I just feel it adds something to Batman to have sort of yin and yang. Oh, it's his yang. <laughs> yang. Uh, <laughs> I was going to put Christine. I was like, the last thing, I was like, no, Finch would rather talk Catwoman. So. <laughs> that, that's the Pee Wee's Playhouse word of the day is Chris Christie. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Chris Christie's yang. I'm a huge Selena fan. Even going back to Golden Age, the dynamic, it's not just something that I pick up. I think you really understand that character. And I just love the way she's written. I'm really excited because I think uh, the next arc we're going into, it has a lot to do with... Uh, or it seems like it has something to do with their relationship, doesn't it? Yeah, so the next two issues, it's me and Mitch Garrett, who did who's my sheriff artist. Oh, cool. Um, or I'm his sheriff writer, however you want to put it. Um, and we're doing a, just a two-issue story that's just about their relationship. Yeah, I, I think it's my favorite issues I've written of Batman, these two next nice. that are coming up. Well, I really like twelve and thirteen too, so I don't know. It's got punching and shit, but it's 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 about romance. It's about that these two characters who just like can't be together, but just like. Yeah. Have to. What's the polite word for fuck each other? Like have to. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> friends. <laughs> Connect with each other. On it. <laughs> Going in, <dry. laughs> um, A Genitalia handshake. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called rooftops. It comes the first one comes out just in like four days, and I'm I'm excited for people to see it. That's the problem with Batman. It's like I wish it was weekly. Every issue, I'm like, no, next week is going to be. The, you, you just got to read next week. And but then it's like. Can't wait two weeks for these fucking issues. <laughs> we, we used to wait a month, man. We used to wait was, a month. But that that was hard. But I, I have no patience. I'm the one who has no patience for it. Yeah, but it's funny you said that was something about Catwoman stuff because, man, I, I rightly took a ton of hate from the Catwoman fans. I mean, I got like death threats and stuff when I oh, said she killed me. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were nice death threats. They were just like, you know. <laughs> 
They oh, were like, you know. It's, it's as crazy as nerds get. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was like, you know, go choke yourself. It was like a lot of choking for some reason. <laughs> Maybe because all of this, you know. And um, those weren't death threats. Those were like dominatrix promises. Yeah, yeah that's why I think. You never know how. Don't threaten me with a good time. Go <laughs> <laughs> choke on Chris Christie's Yang. Oh, I've had that so many times. So Selena has all those. That body count is that, or or do we have to still read into it? We're getting so, to it. We're getting into it. Yeah. So I, I, she's she has confessed to Batman that. An ISIS terrorist group blew up the orphanage she grew up in. Just like many of us, when something like that happens, she got really pissed off. But unlike all of us, she's fucking Catwoman. And she went and killed every single person in the organization. And she said she killed, she said she killed 237 people. That's what she confesses to Batman in issue 10. And then in issue 12, Batman writes her back and says, that's nice, but I don't believe you. I think you. I think this is a lie. I think... Uh, which I, which is what I, I liked about it, because these Catwoman fans that came after me were like, "Oh, that's a total lie. She'd never do that. That's totally out of character." And I was like, "Yeah, you're 100 percent right. That's a you're, you you as angry as you are, you're feeling what Batman is feeling right now. Hmm. And that's the whole point of the story to get you to a place where you can feel sort of the the pain that Batman feels. Right. And also, I was, I was uh, so then Batman says the same thing everybody online said was like. That's out of your character. That's not who you are. You don't kill people. And he's like, he's like I'm going to solve this. This is a mystery. I'm going to find out what happened. And I'm going to set you free. And she's like, I don't want you to solve it. And uh, and we end 12 with her still saying, I killed 237. Him saying, you didn't. And then <laughs> kissing each other. And then 13, 14 will be sort of the story of, you know, can they have a relationship if she's still, tell- if she's still telling him I'm a murderer? And he's telling her not. She's got this, I'm going to spoil this, but she's got this really cool history. Of, despite the fact that she's been around for 75 years, her origin is still sort of opaque. Like, it's still foggy what exactly happened to her. That's true. That is true. Like, how she became obsessed with cat. I mean, all that's clear is, like, she was in an orphanage. <laughs> right. And at some point, and, and then they change it. I mean, to me, like, I always think of the Michelle Pfeiffer being licked by cats for some reason. But that's, like, not at all canon. Yeah. That she was pushed off a roof Um, do you find that do you find that helpful as a writer so you can kind of fill in the cracks your own way and add your own little twist i i find it helpful but i it's tough when they're undefined like that because what happens is instead of it being undefined like i'm saying then everybody has their own version so when they see something they're like no no but in in year one she's a prostitute and then someone be like no she's not a prostitute in in batman one um from from 1940 she's uh, a girl on a sh- she's a, in disguise on a ship. That's right. when they first meet, and like those two things are both in continuity, but they don't equal each other. Mm. Um, so on some level, it's it's freeing because you can do whatever you want. Another level, it's it's kind of you know whatever you do, someone in the fan base is going to be mad at you. But that's kind of what, that's the price of writing Batman. Someone's always going to be mad at you. Yeah, but they get over yeah, it. You, you also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. We we forget. You know, we have a new thing to read every month now, every week. So we forget it easily. But uh, you also had a lot of people, I think uh, I think it was two issues back, uh, you had a lot of talk online about how you had changed Batman's legacy yes. uh, when the new issue hit. So, you know, you're, you've been stirring up a lot of stuff. That's my job, right? If you're not, yeah. I mean, I've said this before, but like you, you read comics to talk about them with your friends. You don't read comics, you don't yeah. pay $3 for five minutes of entertainment when you go on Netflix and get infinite forever yeah i remember <laughs> last time uh, <laughs> last time you told us what? that uh, where <laughs> i had to tell my shop <laughs> <laughs> just walk in wearing a fucking leather suit 
Uh, last time you told us that you wanted uh, comic books to be discussed Monday mornings in the style of Game of Thrones and yeah. Walking Dead, how everyone gets to work and w- wants to talk about the new episode of Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, and yeah, you're you're achieving that. Uh, people are talking about the things that you're doing. Mm. Yeah, if you, if, but you know, it's, there's a frustration with that too because you want to just write like the, these fantastic one and dones and do these complete stories, but it doesn't hit people on a level anymore like it used to, unless you do them perfectly. You need to do something in these books that just that that can start an argument, and I mm. and I think we did that with twelve, and I think we're doing it with the Catwoman and stuff, um, and, or else or else the reader's just not satisfied. To me, Batman needs that. Batman needs to start start some fights. How Scott Snyder said it um, when he was on the show, he said, uh, "You know, it's, it it is easy to do the crowd pleasers. I think that's a nice way to explain when you talk about like the, the easy, easy for Scott, <laughs> you know, the the detective work stuff, the wrap it up stuff. But uh, when you give, you know, he was like, when so many people are lined up out the door to tell their Batman story. So when you actually have, when you're able to do it, when you're in that position, it, it the only way to honor, I think, the character and the legacy and the mythos is by pushing it. You know, trying something new, having them talk about it on Monday, elevating the mythos. I definitely think that's what you're doing. I think that's the way it should go. That's definitely the direction. These characters should go in. Fuck them, you know. It, Keep doing. It. Oh, you, know, I don't. <laughs> you know, it's funny because that that issue that like I thought everybody would be talking about the end where cat where Batman's like Catwoman, you didn't do it. I thought that would be the big talking point people were talking about, but they were talking about the moment where Bruce killed him or tried to kill himself during the oath, and I was and and I was like, well, I to me that didn't seem at all controversial when I was writing that. I was I was like, here's a kid, his parents just died, he's you know down on his knees. <laughs> life is over i mean to, to me that seemed such an obvious story beat or just and 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 every writer who's ever had batman will tell you that bruce wayne died when his parents died and that batman was born you know mm. this is just sort of a literalization of it yeah uh, so i was surprised I was surprised by the reaction so i'm, I'm happily surprised by it, hmm. it made complete sense to me immediately i even skipped over it when i first read it and then uh I guess, uh, you know, reading on Facebook or whatever, like, oh, Tom King did this and Batman. Like, what did he do? Oh, shit. Yeah, well, of course. This, guy, <laughs> this kid is devastated to see his parents murdered in front of him. Mm. Why wouldn't, why would he want to go on? Yeah. And I, to me, Batman, like, what makes him special is sort of that, like, he, he made that vow. It's a war on all criminals. And nothing means anything in his life except that vow. If he falls in love and he has to choose between the girl and the vow, he'll choose the vow. Mm. Um, if he has a best friend, he has to choose between that friendship and the vow, he'll choose the vow. That that vow means more to him anything. And to me, that that's sort of a symbol of, like, of that time when if, if you're there and you're considering suicide and you're like, man, my life is worth nothing. And if you think your life is worth nothing, then you might as well dedicate yourself your life to doing something good, right? Mm-hmm. I, that, that to me is just it's just like an equation. Yeah, that makes sense, especially with the way you wrote um, the letters that Bruce and Selena kind of sent to each other and how, the, I guess you kind of made like, in, in a sense, they're one and the same. Only the other person would understand what he's actually going through. And maybe that's why their relationship or whatever you want to call it works so well is because they're the only two that understands what they go through and that, you know, life's like, you know, Batman puts that vow before anything else and, Selena, in an odd sense, has the same thing with her her life, which she does kind of takes precedence over everything else that is going on with her personal life. So uh, yeah, to me, like like I, I used to be a Dick Grayson writer for a few years, so um, I dealt with that character deeply. And to me, like Batman and Dick will, will be best friends and brothers, but they'll 
Batman and Dick can never relate to each other on one level, and that's like the pain that Batman feels. And that's a tribute to Batman because Bruce Wayne got Dick through that pain and got him to the other side of it where he's sort of more psychologically healthy than, where Dick is more psychologically healthy than Bruce is. And so the special connection he has with Kathy doesn't have with anyone else is that she never got through that. She has that same pain he does. They can see it in each other right. in a way he doesn't see in Dick and the way he doesn't see in anyone else but her. And the fact that they can see see each other for who they are and they can see that like on some level Selina and Bruce fell away. They got sort of absorbed into the pain and they got replaced. You know, they made themselves into something from that pain. They made themselves into the cat and the bat. Mm. And so they sort of that's why I don't call each other cat and bat all the time because it's kind of like, I know who you are, you know who I am. Love that, yeah. It's... And we still love each other. And I mean, that's what that's what I mean. When you're really in a deep relationship with someone, it's like, it's when you can fart on the couch and watch your favorite TV show, and they're still like, "Man, I love you." <laughs> <laughs> that's true love. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's when they see who you really are underneath all that bullshit you put up in the courtship phase or the rest of your life, and you're like, "Okay, yeah." I love yeah, that's true. I thought I thought the letters were great as well. Uh, you know, Bruce, he's human, so he needs those. He needs the intimacy, but <clears throat> due to the mission, he can't he can't stay there for long. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Selena is a thief. She's a crook, so she could steal these moments with Batman, but she can't stay there long either. She has to go back to mm-hmm. being a crook. So it's I thought yeah. it was really interesting dynamic. Well, yeah, they've they've exactly. each found their own way to survive, and and nothing's going to change, change that. I mean, they are who they are, and they've they've found their that's how they live. So I don't see either one of them giving that up for each other. But at the same time, it's hard for them to be apart. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. With, as I agree with that, so that's I mean that's what the next two issues are. It's called Rooftops. Rooftops. All- cool. Uh, hope we get a little uh, raunchy raunchy up in there too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never. At this point, would you almost feel comfortable doing a weekly if you got that green light? I'd be comfortable writing it. You have to line up the art. It's it's yeah. At some point, it's like an editor problem. Um, Because I love how we have the art. Because doing this bi-monthly thing, if you do it wrong, the art will fall apart. I think you see. I'm not going to say which books, but you see on some books where it's like you're getting these artists you've never heard of, or you're getting three anchors on stuff and. Rich Justice League, right, Rich? <laughs> like, we were so careful on Batman to think this ahead so that... And also, yeah. also, like, you get, like, you get, like, two issues of one guy, one issue of another guy, and another one issue, and then into another guy. So you get, like, five people on one art. Like, on Batman, we got... We did five issues by Finch, and then and Ivan Reese writing, doing the epilogue, and then we took a little break for that Monsterman thing. Then five issues by Mikkel, mm. and then Mitch is doing two, and five issues by Finch. Nice. And so we're just yeah. doing that rotation so that, at the end of the day, you're getting a trade that has consistent art for one story which i think that stories don't work if the art changes too dramatically in the middle of it so i I think that's the problem is you got to line up the artists you gotta have and and batman has to have the best artists you can't have shit artists on batman that's true even that was a big problem with uh that was a big problem with batman eternal yeah yeah tony daniel weekly uh, and then you have all, all all these different artists yeah. it's so inconsistent i mean there's pages where there wasn't even a fucking background i mean come yeah. on dude. yeah this yeah. is I mean, gotham and it's eternal it was good but i think batman and robin eternal it was even it was more evident where it was like just it was just so fucking bad it was like they were knocking them out on their ipad and emailing them the same day it got published or something you know just but you're right you want consistent great writing consistent great art 
for every issue you pick up. That's what you look forward to every time. Like mm. you're saying, if there's like three different artists on one on one issue, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Or it takes away from the story. Or we could just pump David Finch's veins with venom and just mm-hmm. you know have him drawing night and day and just bang him out <laughs> weekly, <laughs> daily. Meredith, <laughs> Meredith will love that. <laughs> Don't tell <laughs> David. That. Let's fucking raid. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even artists will tell you, you know, they they prefer to be, you know. To have like a consistent five to six, eight issue arc because they get in the flow too. And then you guys build, you know, better rapport and you know how to write to their strengths and they know how to, you know, create to your strengths and and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's exactly right. I I think it's better for the artists too to have that. So, I mean, if you do a a weekly would be possible, Mm. but you have to line up, uh, you have to have three A list artists willing to work on. Yeah. One book, and then what? You know, does that an, another you... A-list artist to do the in-between issues. I mean, it's been editorial hardship. So would maybe would that mean you would just need one more A-list artist? Because you kind of have two right now with the in-between. Yeah. So I would need one more A-list artist, and then a, and then someone to do the in-between issues. So I could do five and two, five and two, just like I'm doing now. Oh man. It's uh, I mean, and we can rotate the people in between for the epilogues and stuff. But that would be oh Tom King Weekly Batman. That's the shit right there, boy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, yeah, how far crazy. ahead are you on your writing right now? What is- issue are you working on right now? Twenty six is what I'm trying to say. Oh wow! So we're, we're pretty, I'm pretty far ahead, but there's there's <laughs> some skips in there. There's some skips. I skipped I skipped two issues because we're doing um we're doing some complicated stuff that has oh, yeah. a lot of events coming. Uh, I don't know if you're even at this point yet. Uh, as far as you know, will the Snyder and Capullo thing be touching on your work at all? Will you have to work around that? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been working hand in hand with Scott on the. I mean, it's totally his idea. I just sit there while he bounces ideas off me, and I say, "Yeah, that's awesome." Basically, is my job. Um, <laughs> so I've been involved yeah. in that, uh, since before he had the title. So I mean, I, I know it very well, and I'm, I'm writing on parts because there's going to be some like one shot stuff. I'm doing one, a few of those, um, and. I mean, it's gonna, it ties into the entire DC universe, but it will still do that. But we're doing something special in the Batman, the Batman book in particular, which I can't, I can only be sort of vague about, where we're going to do um, a big, th- so that if you're not reading the event, you can still read Batman, basically, just in case. Mm. Um, it, it'll tie, I, I don't know, I, I, I can't tell you how we're square in the circle, but Batman's going to be like sort of a special place you can also go to. Hey, go, going back to 13 real quick, I just want to say that I love the way you uh, handle Wesker. And I think Robin was asking about uh, the spelling on his Ar- on his Arkham Inmate uh, outfit. Was that you, Robin? Or Yeah, I think yeah, it was in the first part of uh, uh, I Am Suicide. I noticed that uh, he was called Wesker, and it even said it on his uniform. And then and it was uh, amended uh, by the next time he appeared. It was a fucking typo. Oh! I, I figured. <laughs> you got no, I mean, I should give you, you know, there should be another Dude, no prize. Just, just I, make I up some Stanley shit. <laughs> I should Stanley it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. That's like, awesome. He gets, he gets so little respect, even Arkham gets his name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's perfect. That is yeah. perfect. Because <laughs> it's kind of true. Like, Scarface commands all the respect, but Wesker's like, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> this name wrong. Well, that's pretty funny. All right. Well, that's it. As far as you guys know, that's exactly what I intended. From the beginning. <laughs> no, well, no. Do you ever, do you ever <laughs> find typos like that and call up the letter and be like, "You son of a bitch!" Hey, motherfucker! Oh, that was my typo. That was in my fucking script. <laughs> I just. I typed it wrong, and it got all the way through. It was, it was uh, a I late never night. mad at the letterer. I was, I was mad at the editor on issue 12. Not mad, but, like, um, issue 12, I don't know if you guys, I mean, you probably noticed, it, issue 12 is, like, it's just eight, ten, it's just ten splash pages. <laughs> like, there's no, there are no, um, like, panels in it. And uh, and I knew I was going to do this with Mikel. I was like, we're going to do an issue that's all splash pages. And, uh, but... But I, you're gonna tell that you're gonna tell most of the story because you designed splash pages so well. I don't want to tell you how to do it. And so like my my script was so dumb. It was like panel one, Batman fights. Panel two, Batman fight. <laughs> panel three. So, so it was just ridiculous. <laughs> so at the end, I put I put I was like, look, you can't credit me as writer on this. So let's just call ourselves storytellers. And I sent that in, and they're like, that's a great idea, Tom, but you have to give half your check to Mikel. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like I was like I was like oh man I should take that back but it was kind of too late without looking like an asshole to take it back I was like oh man <laughs> and then I took it and I was like yeah alright and then you know I, I cut Mikel check and uh, which he was well deserved to do and he did a beautiful job on the issue and then it came out and they just forgot to put the new credit in it and so it just has me listed as the writer I was like god no. damn it I paid big money to get that credit change. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do you like working with Mikel? Same, like, just similar to David Finch? Oh, he's the best. Oh, that's I cool. mean, David's the best, too, and so is Mitch, and so is... Mm. Well, I don't know. We can't say someone's the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I love it. It's, it's... I mean, God, we've been working together for three years now, basically. Right. Um, we did Grayson together. Mm. And Mitch, just Mikel makes your life easy. He designs beautiful page layouts. I mean, the first page of issue 13 has a 23 panel page. <laughs> he just, he's, he's an amazing, he's an easy storyteller. And he rent, and he, he draws beautiful women beautifully. Love his Catwoman, really good. Yeah, no, it's, he's, he's, he's super easy to work with. Finch is, is a little harder to work with, not in terms of his personality or anything, but just, you gotta write Finch big stuff to draw. Mm. Right, like he's not about a nine-panel grid. He needs a fucking. You need to have Bane with big bruising arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like there's stuff Finch does better than every single person in comics. You yeah. have to hit those notes because you want him to shine on those. Ones. You know, not not that I think about. It, I think between David and Mikel, I think you have the two that could are the probably the best at drawing comic book women there are in the game right now. When David turned yeah. in his first his first splash of Selena, I was like, oh, we're turning boys to men in this series. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. When I think David, I think of that first, maybe this is the deep cut or not, but like Avengers 1 or 1 or 2 when Spider-Woman comes down the stairs in the new outfit, and she just, just Google that. It's the most beautiful woman ever drawn in comics. Mm -hmm. And Oh my god! So I was like, "Can you please try to outdo that?" And he's like, "I'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeff Johns foreseen rebirth at minimum two years. You're on, you're on for two years with Batman minimum. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on until they kick me off. Nice. That's they, that's what I like to hear. Batman's selling pretty well. We were at the number last month. We were number one, two, and seven. <laughs> so, <laughs> crazy. We're doing okay. Dan, Dan, the deal called me to say Merry Christmas. So I was like, it must be a good sign when he calls me. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dan, uh, I need to talk to you about this check that I cut to make. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get that back somehow. He's gonna, he's gonna start uh, go the deal. Yeah, I'll be on. I'll be on Batman um, as long as I'm doing. I'm doing another project 
that's I'm already starting to write, so it's sort of my follow up to Vision. You know, it's another one of these kind of artsy kind of books or whatever. Mm. That's long. I just read the first trade of that. You did? Was it all right? Oh, you're an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You destroyed that family. It's like, You're only halfway through, man. It doesn't get any better. Oh, dude. Just wait till you get to the end. Oh, my God. It's, I was reading it. I was so like, badly. oh, this is like a, a great little family, you know? And then I was like, oh, my. Hey, the first spoiler, issue, I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> Tell them about... um. Uh, uh, Sheriff, of ba- Sheriff of Babylon, Rich. Tell me story with that. Yeah, that's a nice light read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read that in like two days. He he would read until he fell asleep, I, then he'd I wake up again. Stop reading it. He'd wake up again and just start reading. <laughs> wake up with cake in my mouth. <laughs> what what piece of work um in the big two are you most proud of so far? I mean, there's certain issues I'm really proud of. Um, Sheriff Five, I, I really loved. Um, it was the issue where they're just talking the whole time. I really pulled it off. I really like Vision Ten. That's the one where he's stuck. In, I like these issues where 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 there's no, no one's punching each other. It's just stupid because I love punching. Yeah. But Vision Ten where the, the, there's a tragedy just happened and vision is sort of stuck in his house dealing with that tragedy and he like has to pray he prays he has to get down on his knees and pray and the first thing he prays for he like prays that god exists i don't know, I like that it was part of that and um grace and five i can just name issues i really like more than like grace and five when they have to walk across the desert i really liked mm. uh, ba- there's a Batman 12, the splash where he says, I am suicide when he's like mm. face, when he's face down and all the guys are knocked out around him. I, I, it gets more mixed reception, but I really like Batman one. I don't know. I like just him dude, on the plane. Hell I like yeah. him on the yeah. plane. Dude. Fuck yeah. yeah. Lassoing an airplane. I mean, come on. <laughs> Who's done that before, man? With that, you know? Or that, or that first splash where Finch had him like leaping down, upside down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, I love. I just the, it's colored perfectly and finished through it perfectly. And I, I'm it also had um it had a real animated series feel too, which I love. Where he's you know he's in the fucking I think he was in the Batmobile yeah. fucking hauling it, and then he just ejects right or something like that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that rule. Yeah, that was really that good. splash in twelve where he's standing uh, over that sea of guys that he took it. That looks like a scene from one of the Arkham games. Or you yeah, just fought fifty guys, dude. I was also thinking, um, well, a little different, but like that was that Matrix scene where they just keep coming and he keeps yeah, fucking fighting. Yeah. <laughs> like, just... just have them with them, they just kick someone on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Anderson, yeah, <laughs> just keep saying it. Cinematic as well. Um, I, I did that Green Lantern one shot. I really like that. Yeah, I really like working with Hal Jordan. That was was a cool character. That was fun. So yeah, there's there's stuff I'm proud of. There's little moments. There's you know like uh, Alfred in the bat suit made me laugh. (laughs) 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 Made everyone laugh. (laughs) Kite Man, I like Kite Man. Hell yeah, that makes me laugh too. Have you seen at cons? uh, Have you seen anyone doing an Alfred Batman cosplay yet? I have not. But but, uh, Ah. con season's been dead since that's come out. So Mm. yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, that'd be great if I could sign. Nobody's gonna do that. So. <laughs> oh, I've dude, seen Gotham and Gotham Girls. Awesome. Yeah, as actually. as soon as something comes out, people are gonna cosplay. Like issue one of Mother Panic came out, and there were already cosplayers. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with like Halloween Harley. They they do that real quick. Yeah. But I remember when, when Grayson came out. It came out at the same time as the new look Batgirl or whatever you want to call her, um, the Babs Batgirl. Yeah, the Burnside. So, Burnside, yeah, Batgirl Burnside, right? and then. So like Tim Seeley and I went to, went to a uh, convention, and there were maybe between 100 and 200 Batgirls. 
shit. And like one Grayson, and we're like, oh, maybe Aww. our costume is hard as there. What about you guys? What are you loving? What are you reading that's great? Uh, All Star Batman, we've been talking about a lot recently as well. It's like yeah, you, you, you and you and Scott are like the one two knockout right, and and of course Tynan's fucking Detective Comics run, which fucking rules. Yeah. Those are my three uh, favorite. I swear to God, those are my three favorite DC reads. It's crazy because it's it's all Batman. And it's everything is top notch. I mean, as Batman fanatics, we couldn't ask for more, really. Uh, unless, oh, oh I, we could ask. We could ask Frank Miller to get a fucking comic book in on time. But other than that, uh, you know, we have no complaints. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I talked to him for like an hour. No it was way. the craziest thing. <laughs> well, you gotta tell us the story. Your fault. <laughs> I, I, um, so I ran into so the first time I met him. It was at the Suicide Squad premiere, and. Uh, he was like across the room. And I was like, all right, I just got to introduce myself. Because, you know, I worship this shit. He's like on the Mount Rushmore comics for me. And, and so I introduced myself and it was a hor- like it was a horrible conversation. It was, you know, it was like Chris Farley and the Beatles, man. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you remember the time you wrote Dark Knight Returns? <laughs> that was, that was cool. Get away from me, kid. <laughs> And uh, this is literally something that happens. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, okay, don't just ask ask him about comic books. Ask him about his life. I'm like, oh, so you're not from New York? He's like, no, I'm from Vermont. And I was like, oh, how did you get to New York? He's like, in a car. <laughs> 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 and you're like, oh, okay, security. Right, so, swing and a miss. Thank you, Mr. Miller. <laughs> I mean, he was nice about it, but the problem. And then so, I didn't. I mean, obviously, I realized this, but I hadn't seen it in person. So then I did a signing with him. And people like it was it was Greg Scott, um, uh, me and Frank the scientist. So I was like the little fish. Um, people have religious experiences one after another meeting Frank Miller. Mm. Yeah, like they're just they just tell them the story of their lives and how their brother gave him his comic book and how much it's meant to him. And then they they have you know they just gush and then the next person up and tells them the exact same thing. So he just has heard it for. I mean he he was signing because I, I gave him a copy of Dark Knight Returns to sign. He's like I can't believe any of these don't have my signature on them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of them or millions. And um, so like it must be something to have that over and over and over again. But um, see, before that signing, we both got there an hour early, so it was just me and him and his uh, <laughs> and his agent, and he was like actually like opening up and chilling and sort of telling me like his ambitions and his plans and his stories, and I was like, oh man, you're you're pretty fucking cool, and he was you know he was saw that I was joking, and then he found out about the CIA shit, and he's like, oh okay, like then he got sort of interested in me, and um, I was just super intimidated the whole time and you just want to like what's the secret like how did you do what you did mm. like how is did that you... why you tried to push him down the stairs at, at <laughs> <Midtown> <laughs> comics because yeah. I, I was there tom i saw it that's that's not true he dropped a dime on your ass tom. <laughs> no i'm allowed to cut things out of this podcast all right get that out <laughs> <laughs> It was funny because I don't I don't know if you've heard the story. Um, you know, I, I came late to the signing at the Midtown Comics. Uh, I was came up for a, a, a vacation and Frank was leaving. As he was leaving, he snagged his foot on that rug that's at the very top of the stairwell. And yeah, he about that. did the Dark Knight Returns pose all the way down. Oh. <laughs> oh, they had to like catch him from falling. I was just like, oh, my God, I flew 1500 miles and I almost watched the man die. <laughs> but no. Just to clarify things up, Tom had nothing to do with that. <laughs> good, good. good. <laughs> I'm 
the man to kill Frank Miller. Jeez, oh oh. Twitter servers would crash with all the fucking nerds going crazy and uh, death threats and whatnot. Death threats, yeah. Worse than Catwoman. First Catwoman, then he killed Frank Miller. What's Tom <laughs> King gonna do next? He's, He's like, like I gotta keep going up. You gotta sell comics, man. <laughs> See, people would talk about that Monday morning. Did you read Batman? There you go. Yeah, it's written by that guy who killed Frank Miller, right? Yeah, I want to talk about that. Oh my God. <laughs> talk about, did you grab any words you know nice little nuggets of words of wisdom it's hard right because you don't know like do you ask him specifics because he's a craftsman right mm. like he, he like i was like do i go into like tell me about your panel layouts because i wanted to i was you know in dark Knight returns you use a 16 panel grid and you you switch you know um scenes within pages which i never do <laughs> so i asked him that stuff and that that wasn't sort of getting him he's like yeah 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 i, I do that kind of stuff you know so, I told about Omega Man and how we do and stuff. And he kind of was into that a little bit, but he was more into. He was telling me about Batman and 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 sort of his observations on the character, um, and 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 his thing was he's he's like people forget what a passionate character he is, and they always write him a little coldly. But like this is a guy who you know just like embraces life and 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 just. Um, uh, you know, would just, just just grabs it by the ball. Yeah, like and I was like, hey, I, I'm fine with that way. Sort of, he's, he's you know, he's he's like this is he's the alpha male. You know, he doesn't keep taking shit from anyone. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, we had a lot. We we talked a lot about uh, 300 and sort of because I just reread oh. that and I was talking to him about sort of mm. how that came about and what he was doing with that. Mm. Uh, and and his next project and his next project after that. Oh, like like yeah, DK three stuff he mentioned. Anything? Yeah, well, uh, he's he's talking about whatever his his plans for DK four that he's talking about publicly. I think talking about that. Yeah, if they're gonna greenlight it. That's pretty cool. Sounds like you know he caught a new wind, maybe off of Azarello or whoever it might be. But uh, he's re- it seems like he's really into it more and more now as uh, as this story concludes. Yeah, well, he's not that old. He's younger than a lot of guys. I know he just looks kind of old because of. Uh, I know he looks. Old. He's not that much older than Capullo. He's. Um... <laughs> I think they <laughs> just put wow, Greg on blast. His <laughs> 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 old ass. Oh, oh granddaddy Greg. Capullo, like, like Capullo's been around, but he still draws as good as any single any single artist anywhere. I like, know. He, he didn't, like, pull a Neil Adams or anything. He's just still razor sharp. Oh, oh, yeah. He's just as sharp as he always was, and he's just as expressive, and he's not repeating himself. Like, that's a tribute to who he is. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he's setting new grounds in how he works, I think. Do you yeah. think you and him will ever uh, work together? Oh, no. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't stand each other. What artist? No, I love him. I, I talked to him for a long time. He's the coolest fucking guy. Yeah. Um, he is. Uh, like, Greg's the only guy I've ever seen that when he's at a con, you know, he's at his table in Artist Alley, and there's a lineup a mile long. From time to time, he'll get up from his table, and he'll walk the line, shaking every single person's hand and thanking them for waiting. Oh, yeah, he's polite as shit. You know, you yeah. follow him on Twitter. Like, like, he's generally apolitical, which is cool. He said something, like, mildly anti-Trump or something. And like you know, the trolls came after him. He was like, "I will fucking fight you, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. That was like a week ago. I was like, "Damn." <laughs> um, and uh, he said, "But no, but I mean, I would. 
died to work with him, but he, uh, him and Scott are, are brothers, and, and they sh- will and should work together. Nobody's going to write for them. Mm. I mean, they, have, they have a special chemistry. You know, They're like Lee and Kirby. They should work together. Sadly. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> but you know what? You got Tim Sale doing your variant covers, man. I mean, come on. That's fucking. That's pretty awesome. nice, right? That is. Yeah. Awesome. I really like that last one he did with the ventriloquist. Oh yeah, that, fuck that thing. Amazing. Sold yeah, the that, fuck out. That that is the one that I think has. It's the first one that's been like classic Tim Sale work. You know, it, it looked like how he was working on uh, Long Halloween yeah, kind it, of era. It looked like he had more than a half hour to work on it, so he was like just you know really sharp and razor edge and uh, yeah, it's that shit so like. Corn muffins with sprinkles on top at my shop, man. It was gone. We had to, like order. What is it with you on these fucking corn muffins? That's a. Just wait. Just wait till he gets started on bring Harley back to Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I, 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 I wasn't gonna say anything, man. I was <laughs> so is she Harley? coming back to Gotham? <laughs> but Tom, if you could save that character from the writing, that'd be great as well. <laughs> You know, that's the Harley. Are you into Suicide Squad Harley, or are you into just the Harley that's you know, you know the cash grab over with a uh, Jimmy and Amanda, <laughs> just the, fucking brutal. The Deadpool Harley. Yeah, oh. Harley's tough. I don't know if I'd be too eager to write Harley because oh, she has crazy. one of those voices that's just like Paul Dini gets her, and then like I don't know, some people. It was it was like Ryan Damian. I remember was really hard because it's like he has mm. such Morrison had his voice so perfectly. Mm. It, it always felt like you're kind of doing a Morris impression when you were right. So do you like writing or making new rogues then before mm. kind of touching on the, the classic rogue gallery? I do not. That is a problem in my writing, in fact. Oh. Um, I like the old rogues. I don't. Uh, it seems when I went through comics uh, like Batman issues, I saw a lot of people like a big thing to come on the book and to make up your new rogue. Like that's your first thing to do is make up a new rogue. Mm. Like, you know, Kevin Smith did onomatopoeia, like that kind of thing. And that doesn't appeal to me at all because I feel like most of them are forgettable. Most of them are one and done. I mean, I guess Morrison added Pig and Scott added the Court of Owls. So there, there's some big ones that have been the last 10 years, but that's, that's like the last 20 years, two of them. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like playing with the toys that are there. It's kind of my fault. Like my editor's like, Tom, make up some new stuff. I was like, why do I need to make up a new bad guy when Bane is out there? You know. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's true. I mean, when when we talked with uh, Meredith Finch, she she kind of gave us some insight too about that uh, because she said a lot of times maybe editors will come to her and say, well, why do you need to create a new character? Why? Why can't you use the the ones that we already have and stuff like that? So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she gets she gets it from the other direction. Yeah, so you created. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I'm just eager to play with the toys. Like I want to write Joker stories and Riddler stories and Penguin yes. stories. I don't want to write yes. Telephone Man stories or. That's how good I would be, Telephone Man. Yeah. <laughs> she she's not a rogue, but uh, I feel like Gotham Girl has some legs in her. Yeah. Gotham girl yeah, I like, I like her power. I like that she, when she uses her power, it kills her a little bit. I think that's a little tragic. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. And like, so like, and she has three years to live if she, if she keeps using her powers as it is. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 you, you could do something with that if did, you had to. Did David design her outfit? Who was he? Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's that's a David Finch design. Yeah. What I um, like it. where where did the uh, inspiration come for Gotham and Gotham Girl? I really wanted to do, like I said, I, I was looking into a bunch of issues and I saw everyone was making up new villains and I was like, what if I did a new hero? You know, that's like a more of a twist on it. Mm, and know. the inspiration, I just I wanted to do a character who was a Superman of Gotham. Right. You know, yeah. who, who had those kind of powers. 
So that was sort of the, the original idea. And I don't know why I had the girl. I don't know why I had the girl. Why I can't not? remember. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, there aren't a super, Superman with a sidekick seems like a cool idea. There aren't enough of that. You know, I wrote a book. I wrote a novel when I first started out, Once Cried Sky. And it was about a Superman with a sidekick. So I think it came from that. Mm, okay. And, uh, and then I was like, I was like, and then I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll give him a sidekick. And I was like, I'll make it a girl sidekick. And I was like, Gotham Girl. I was like, oh, that sounds good. It sounds like a Legion of Superheroes name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that, that that's sort of where the inspiration came from. And it, you know, they were supposed to to represent people who were inspired by Batman. Mm-hmm. But take um, it to that next step, not just being a vigilante, but actually going and getting like Superman-like superpowers. I mean, they were taking on the fucking Justice League. <laughs> you know, these are yeah. these are heavy-duty powers, man. So they're big powers. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then um, yeah, like you could be a god for a few hours, or mm. a superhero for a few years, or normal for a few decades. Yeah, I like that. That was a good concept. That was like that's an old. You know, I used to be Chris Claremont's assistant back in the day, and all his super like his key to superheroes, and he t- he'd say this explicitly is like, whatever their superpower is, it has to be. It has to be a double-edged sword. Like mm-hmm. when they use it, it has to slightly kill them. So like, like um, Wolverine's healing factor was good, but it meant he was immortal. So like right. he could never die. So that was like a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like steroids, <laughs> same kind. Yeah, like yeah. steroids. Like you know, like Rogue's Rogue's power was a classic example he used. You know, it's like mm. she every time she used her power, she could absorb anyone's um, powers, but that came with absorbing their mind. And losing herself a little bit, mm, so like, right. like building tragedy into power was like a Chris Claremont. Every character he created made that. So I, I just ripped him off and made it just removed all the subtlety that Chris would put in. Like she uses her powers and she dies. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up Gotham, <laughs> I love it. Straight up, yeah. It came from an old pitch I did. Um, I was gonna do like a romance comic, and it was supposed to be with Tim, uh, Tim Drake, and it was gonna be about the two of these two people in love. She wasn't called Gotham Girl then; she was called. The Brave, because it was going to be called The Brave and the Bold was the name of the series. Hmm. And they were going to be in love. And that was going to be the sort of the tragedy in, in, in the center of their love is that she felt like she had to keep fighting crime. And he's like, stop fighting. The more you fight, you the more you die. And she's like, I'm never going to stop. So that was like kind of the, the center of the, the tragedy of their romance. And that's that's where that power set came from, where that idea came from. Me trying to do Twilight. Me and the Grumpler, um, we bumped into you at New York Comic Con, and uh, you looked really tired. <laughs> I guess it was, uh, I looked tired at New York Comic Con. Must be somebody else, dude. It was uh, it was your first. I don't know. Oh, maybe one of your first Comic Cons as a celebrity. You know, pretty much. You're the Batman writer now, dude. Dude, he bought 200 toys. That's gotta be fucking exhausting. I was hunting for all those toys. I remember I was with the Grumpler. We saw you, and you asked us about um to name. A, a B-rate rogue to put in a future arc. Which on the spot, I couldn't think of a good one. But Grumps, what was the one you uh, you pitched out? From the Morrison run. Condiment? Condiment? <laughs> Condiment King? <laughs> no, it was Dude, you, uh, El Sombrero from Batman R.I.P. Oh. Uh, He's the guy, uh, the luchador guy that makes these gigantic death traps or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a real like throwback to the TV show kind of villain. <laughs> yeah. And Batman 14 the ones come out in a few days mm. he, he has another one of these nights where he fights like 16 criminals so i got to use all the guys i think condom and king's in that film freak is in there oh shit oh, a clock king has a big part nice hey if, and, if you ever want to throw out gentleman ghosts in there be my guest because uh <laughs> we, we we got on scott snyder's ass on the last episode for just showing a <laughs> panel of him and not doing anything else with him so like, I was I know, what he, said, he was in all-star That's yeah, why for, I put him in for one panel he, we don't even know how teaser 
<laughs> That's such a teaser. It was like I have I have gentleman ghost ghost toy, so He's nice. in my basement for my kids to play with. He's probably in a crib right now in the rock. That's awesome. I just wanted to touch on the villains in the I Am Suicide. I thought, I thought you did a great job with uh, Ventriloquist and Punch and Julie, who were never interesting to me in you know, their history. And now they're you know, interesting. Uh, yeah, that was Bronze amazing. Tiger, a different take on the Bronze well, Tiger. I've seen which him and yeah. yeah, it was really great. And the little, I guess, I don't know, friendship adversary thing he had with batman pretty cool mm. yeah thanks man yeah i was you know when I'm, when nine came out you know i had bronze Sire take down batman people were like what the fuck is that i think we can take down batman i was like look in the comic books the bronze tiger's first appearance he beats up batman mm-hmm. so that, that that was directly out of continuity yeah i like the idea that they were in the league of assassins together and then him and ben turner sort of have an old relationship and they went different ways so mm-hmm. that's cool you know punch and julie came before joker and harley like, uh, I like, oh, they have the same dynamic. I was like, no, the, they, the yeah. dynamic for them, the, for Harley, was stolen from Julie, not the other way around. Mm. They're they're Steve Dicto creations. They come from the Charlton's universe. They could have been in Watchmen, you know. Yeah, and then and their their basic thing is they're yuppies, right? So she's she's bitching about changing a yoga instructor. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're running commentary. It was funny. Yeah, and then Wesker oh. with the psycho pirate. That was yeah, that was that's my favorite part scene. of the whole arc. That was my favorite. <laughs> that, that was, was my awesome. First, I proposed it to my editor. I'm like, it's gonna be Wesker without the doll. And like, what? Who's? Why would you have? I probably said Wesker. I'm gonna be Wesker without the doll. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're like, why would he need Wesker without the doll? And I was like, no, no, no. Nobody can control psycho pirate, right? Like he can. He killed Flash. You can kill the Anti Monitor, except Wesker. He's the only one who, who can resist him. I was like, why? Wow. It's like because nobody controls Wesker except his fucking hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, brilliant! Yes, that's doing that. I think the the line of the month in the comic book when uh, the Tiger's like, "This is impossible," and Selena's like, "Oh, Bronze Tiger, don't you know it's not impossible." It's Batman. It was just like one of those oh shit moments. That was that was a great moment, and then it goes back to their relationship. Like yeah. the, I think on the last page. I've never wanted the Mission Impossible music to kick in. Like, oh, so you do want a soundtrack with your book? <laughs> so Tom, Tom is. I guess the relationship with Batman and Gotham Girl is that like a underlying? Uh, I guess I don't know undercurrent through the series. Like he's trying to save us stuff yeah i mean i think i thought about this a lot and like the answer i have a fancy answer of why it's so important that he saves her and like how she gave him hope that the city was going to be saved and then she she basically killed her brother and sacrificed herself to save him in issue five and so he feels but then like oh that's all kind of bullshit because i feel like batman would go through hell for anybody like yeah. like Batman would go through hell for the Joker. Like if it was to save the Joker, he'd do this. Batman's a stupid guy in that way. But he's <laughs> like like it, it. He doesn't need a special relationship. Even though he has one, he doesn't need a reason to save her. He's saving her because he's Batman and she needs to be saved. Mm. And that's what Batman does. But yeah, so so after so we're gonna do two issues of Selena, and then I mean, as you saw in the end of uh, the end of thirteen, Bane is not gonna stay still and have this happen to him. <laughs> Um, so he's going to put on the mask, put venom back in his blood, and he's going to go to Gotham and try to get Gotham girl back. So it's kind of like a mirror image of what we just saw. So instead of Batman going to Bane, Bane going to Batman, going to Gotham City. And it's just fucking brutal. <laughs> if you guys read Nightfall, you know, Bane doesn't go to Gotham lightly. So. 
<laughs> and he's just and he's got and now and I mean Bane was kicking Batman's ass in the last one naked without venom and now he's got venom yeah. you know <laughs> and his ghost and his armor back on I'm, I'm I'm bringing back his his three partners you know um zombie and oh uh, yeah. all those guys and yeah. uh, bird. bird and there's one more the uh, like the fact that ching ching oh man some Westler, I think it is. <laughs> the Trunkler. The Trunkler. <laughs> and so, yeah. So the the last arc, I am Bane, with David Finch drawing it. It's it, I like it. So that's what's coming up. Bat- Batman versus Bane and Gotham. That's all it is. Just a Damn, huge fight. Be awesome. Oh, you mean the 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 last arc before? Yeah, the last of the sort of three. The oh, last the tr- okay, like a, like a Trinity kind of thing or a trilogy. Yeah, Trinity kind of thing. I I feel like the the last of our our first plan like when we launched like this year was going to be right finch does i am gotham mikhail does i am suicide and finch does i am bane and then we'll see where we are there oh, okay and, but now we know what's coming after that like mikhail's things are already working on it the big big uh, and then there's the events and you know there's some cool stuff coming i'm excited so much coming. uh now you're uh, you're quite a ways ahead in the stuff that you're working on right now have you been working on any ideas you mentioned earlier want, that you want to write Joker stories. Uh, do you have any seeds for that kind of stuff yet? Yeah, there's big. I felt like I, you can't take Joker on the first year. Joker's yeah. like the card you take out from the back mm. of the deck, and so that's coming. The, the big Joker stuff is coming. Oh shit! And we're going real big with it. And there's already been a hint in the books of what it's going to be, but I can't mm. take the hint. Yeah. Is, but if you look close enough, you'll see it. Oh, is this like your own thing, or is this tied into um, like Jeff Johns's Three Joker thing, or is it like a separate thing? Sort of both. It's, oh, okay. it's tied into it's tied into the larger arc of what's going on. Ah, uh, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's cool. We're really appreciative of all the work you're putting in, and uh, we're really enjoying the work as well on behalf of all of us. We just wanted to say that. Um, oh, well, dude, well, I appreciate I appreciate you guys and all the and all the fans, man. Yeah. So many people buy Batman. I can't. It, Dude, I couldn't be more grateful. Fucking hell, man. B- Batman. You're writing Batman. I know, B- right? Bitches. <laughs> he writes Batman, bitch. <laughs> it's like something where like I can go to like my kids' like PTA meetings or whatever, and, like, and they're like, what do you do? And I say I'm a writer, and they're like, oh, so you're unemployed? And I'm like, no, no, I write Batman. It's like, babe. I'm like, what, which, which Batman? What do you mean? I'm like, oh, the Batman. <laughs> like, oh my god. He's like, I write Batman. <laughs> That's how I do it. I write Batman. Bitch. We're in a PTA meeting. You're on a stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, the, the fact thing. remains. <laughs> so back to well, Tom. Happy and healthy New Year to you and your family. Thanks so much again for coming on and talking to us about the great work you got you got coming and what you've done so far. And uh, and uh, thanks again. We'll be in touch you know thanks for all the support and thanks to all your readers for everything man it means so much to me i can't say it enough and if you're gonna throw um chris christie in an arc man you should do it in the bane one so, you know, I, I am he's his secret her name is gonna be the yang <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think bane he actually the fourth arc. Bane. <laughs> i am chris christie <laughs> wishing you and yours a very happy and healthy new year from all of us here at the bat force Hey Gotham Dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Batforce Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.